The America's National Parks podcast is brought to you by L.L. Bean. L.L. Bean is a proud partner of the National Park Foundation. L.L. Bean and NPF share a belief that every community should have the opportunity and resources to experience the joy of the outdoors together. Through this partnership, they're not only helping people find their parks, they're helping protect, restore, and improve parks across the U.S. If it's outside, L.L. Bean is all in. Be an outsider with L.L. Bean. In the largest freshwater lake in North America lies an archipelago 15 miles off of Minnesota's North Shore. The main island is 45 miles long and 9 miles wide and is surrounded by 400 smaller islands. 1.2 billion years ago, a great rift opened in the Earth's crust in this area. Known as the Portage Lake Volcanics, this momentous event produced volcanic rocks, sandstones, and conglomerates, or rocks that are made up of many other rock fragments. During this event, the greenhouse lava flow formed the largest island's main ridge and is one of the oldest, largest, and longest lasting lava flow events on Earth. As we fast forward through time to the most recent ice age, two miles of ice pressed down on top of the islands. The glaciers began to recede 10,000 years ago, leaving behind enormous basins that filled with water. Today, this archipelago sits in the ecological transition zone between the northern boreal forests and southern temperate forests. Its name is Isle Royal. Congress authorized Isle Royal as a national park in 1931, and the park was established in 1940. The park protects 893 square miles of land and water. This includes all islands and any submerged lands within four and a half miles of the islands, making 80% of the park's protected area water. 36 years later, 98% of the park was designated as federal wilderness and later an international biosphere reserve. The unique nature of this park doesn't end there. It's also home to the longest running predator-prey study in the world. For 63 years, Park Service and university researchers have been studying Isle Royal moose and their only predator. The National Park Service has led a hands-off management approach until the last few years as that predator began dying out on the island. I'm Jason Epperson, and this week on America's National Parks, the Wolves of Isle Royal. Today, there are several wildlife species that no longer exist on Isle Royal, including the federally endangered woodland caribou, the threatened Canada lynx and coyote. The red fox, river otter, beaver, snowshoe hare, and red squirrel are just a few of the species that still roam the island, though the park is most well-known for the intense predator-prey dynamic between the gray wolf and the moose. Moose are the largest member of the deer family. They weigh almost a thousand pounds and are six feet tall just to their shoulders. They may look docile, but there are few animals more dangerous than a mother protecting her calf or a bull competing in the autumn mating rut. Moose are a symbolic Northern mammal throughout North America, but didn't arrive on Isle Royal until the early 1900s. Since, populations have varied wildly. In the last 40 years, there have been as few as 500 moose and as many as 2,400. What could cause this drastic change in numbers? 
Since Isle Royal is separated from the mainland, plants and animals living there are even more directly dependent upon each other. When there are high numbers of moose on the island, moose overbrowse the vegetation. This causes less food available and the moose population drops due to winter starvation. When the number of moose on the island changes, this affects their only predator, the wolf. The gray wolf, or as some call it, the timber wolf, is five to six feet long and can weigh anywhere from 50 to 110 pounds. Despite their name, a gray wolf's coat can range from reddish brown to black. Beavers and snowshoe hares are easy small prey to hunt, though they will often team up to tackle larger animals like the moose. Most of the time, the wolves and moose create a balance on the Isle Royal. Wolves prey on old, young, and ill moose, which stabilizes the herd. Similarly, a strong moose population creates plenty of winter hunting opportunities for the wolves. These changes in population have been constantly shifting since researchers began studying them in 1958. Wolves first arrived on Isle Royal in the 1940s, a couple of decades after the moose. An ice bridge formed between the island and the Canadian mainland on Lake Superior in 1948, allowing the predators to easily access this new habitat. Since arriving, wolves have numbered anywhere between 50 individuals to just two. Canine diseases spreading on the island and genetic inbreeding have led to lower survival over the years. The population of wolves on Isle Royale continued to decline over time. In 2015, the National Park Service began to decide how to manage the wolves in the park, ultimately coming up with four management alternatives. With only two related individual wolves left on the island, it was very unlikely that the wolf population would be able to recover naturally. Creating a sustainable population of animals from just two individuals would involve continuous inbreeding, leading to detrimental effects on the population. Second, an ice bridge is the only way for new wolves to disperse to the island, making it equally unlikely that the population would naturally be augmented. It's also possible that with warming winter temperatures due to climate change, these ice bridges would never form again. Many people were concerned that without the wolves, the moose population on Isle Royal would decimate the forest and vegetation communities. Others argued that wolves have not always been a part of the island ecosystem and therefore do not need to be replaced. A panel of scientists considered all aspects of translocation, including where to move wolves from, disease risk and mitigation, and capture strategies. With more, here's Abigail Trebio. In the summer of 2018, the National Park Service authorized Isle Royale National Park to restore the predator-prey dynamic on the island by translocating more wolves. The plan was to introduce 20 to 30 wolves on the island in the next five years. Researchers determined that this was a historical average number of wolves on the island, which means it would have an immediate effect on the moose population and ecosystem. After receiving approval to move forward, the National Park Service began developing strategies to capture, relocate, and introduce wolves from the Great Lake regions to Isle Royale. In the fall, the park planned to translocate up to six wild wolves. But this is not an effort that Isle Royale could tackle on its own. Aviation support and trapping expertise are essential to a smooth and successful operation. The National Park Service partnered with the Grand Portage Band of Lake Superior, Chippewa, and Minnesota Departments of Natural Resources and the U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service, among other agencies and organizations. 
But how would the park know if the project was successful? Researchers plan to monitor predation rates, genetics, moose-wolf ratios, and vegetation impacts to learn more about how the project was going. To begin the process, 16 different wolves were captured on the Grand Portage Chippewa Reservation. Young wolves were fitted with ear tags, older wolves were collared, and the rest were also collared and all were released on Isle Royale. The Grand Portage Band has its own monitoring program that helped researchers determine ages of captured wolves and estimate wolf populations on the mainland. On September 26, 2018, a U.S. Fish and Wildlife Service aircraft transported the first two wolves to the island. Before being transported, the wolves were examined by a wildlife veterinarian, vaccinated and fitted with a GPS collar. Upon arrival, the wolves were carried to release sites away from areas with high visitation. The two wolves were a four-year-old female and a five-year-old male from different pack territories. In October, two more wolves were released in the park. Cold weather, extensive rain, and snow closed the rest of the relocation season. The Isle Royale National Park Superintendent at the time, Phyllis Green, noted that the cold weather created safety issues for trapping and high winds and waves on the lake created issues for transportation. Later that winter, a partnership between Ontario and Michigan was announced to bring wolves from Canada to the park. The Premier of Ontario, Doug Ford, wrote, Ontario and Michigan have a long history of friendship an abundance of natural beauty, and a proud tradition of working together to conserve our natural ecosystems. We all have an important role to play in protecting the environment, and we're happy to do our part to help Michigan's wildlife thrive. The government shut down in January of 2019, and extreme cold weather prevented the timely translocation of wolves from Ontario. National Park Service personnel traveled to Isle Royale to prepare for the potential transport of wolves and the 61st season of wolf and moose population monitoring. As researchers monitored the GPS data from the wolves, they noticed that wolves were moving around the southwestern end of the park. Yet at the end of January, no locations of any wolves were reported for five days. This can happen if the wolves hunker down in dense forest cover and transmissions from the collars are unable to reach satellites. To help locate the wolves, researchers from Michigan Technological University in the Upper Peninsula flew over Isle Royale to radio track the translocated wolves. The wind began to howl and researchers successfully located two of the three wolves on the island. The research team turned towards a static signal that was coming off the island's north shore. They followed the signal out over the cold open water of Lake Superior, where the existing ice bridge had broken open just a few hours before. The signal was still coming from the north towards the mainland of Canada. But as weather deteriorated further, the team returned to the island. Park researchers confirmed what had been observed in the air as satellite GPS data from the collar finally came in. One of the female wolves that had been transported in October 2018 had departed on the last day of January. The polar vortex that descended upon the north had helped form an ice bridge between Minnesota and the island. The wolf was able to cross Lake Superior and moved north of the Pigeon River on the border between Canada and Minnesota. It's not uncommon for wolves to try to return to their territories after being translocated. 
Early research on translocation suggested that a wolf who had been moved less than 80 miles away would usually try to return home. Holding wolves in the release area for three to four weeks is one way scientists have found to reduce the chances of departure. In March of that year, there was a window of four days available between challenging weather to transport more wolves to the park, this time from Ontario. Despite a polar vortex, federal government shutdown, and complex aviation logistics, the international team successfully translocated four more wolves to the island. At the end of the month, the Ontario Ministry of Natural Resources and Forestry and the National Park Service translocated seven more Canadian wolves. As funding dried up due to bad weather and delays, donor funds allowed the project to continue. Isle Royale was now up to 15 total wolves. More wolves were later translocated from Michigan. Bringing wolves to Isle Royale from various parts of the Great Lake regions was more important to maintain genetic diversity in the new population. However, the project doesn't end there. It's important to monitor the wolves in their new habitat. The national parks and researchers from Michigan's Technological University and State University of New York track movements of wolves around the island to ensure that they form packs, reproduce, and act as predators on the booming moose population. Early research showed that new wolves began to travel and hunt together, even after just a few months. A wolf group is characterized by two or more wolves traveling and feeding together. If groups of two or more wolves travel together, defend a territory, and reproduce, that group becomes a pack. Because wolves only reproduce once per year, pack formation takes time. And wolves are social animals. They bond and they are also territorial. In the fall of 2019, researchers monitoring GPS collar signals identified two wolf mortalities. The remains of a female wolf were recovered, and it was found that she died from wounds caused by another wolf or wolves. A month later, staff discovered the remains of a male wolf, one of the two remaining uncollared wolves who lived in Isle Royale before the translocation efforts. It was clear he had been killed by other wolves. Wolves began to defend and establish their territory, and wolf-on-wolf -wolf aggression during the group and pack formation is not unusual. Monitoring the social organization of wolves on the island will also help provide insight into the genetic health of the populations. This means the death of one of the original Isle Royale wolves would not be for nothing. Genetic tools allow researchers to study how genetic isolation and inbreeding impacted the historic wolf population. Park scientists can use that information to better monitor the new wolves and track genetics on the island over time, hopefully to maintain a thriving Isle Royale wolf population. With recent research, it appears the wolves have taken their first steps towards that growth. Data, images, and remote cameras and miniature scat samples all indicate that pups were born on the island in 2019 and 2020. At least two pups were born in 2019 to a wolf that had been recently translocated, meaning she was likely pregnant when she arrived on the island. In 2020, GPS data showed another wolf denning in the spring. Researchers investigated the den site in the summer after the wolves had moved away and collected 18 pup-sized scats. Analyzing the genetics in the scat will determine how many pups were in the litter. Later that summer, park researchers collected images from a remote camera of a single wolf pup and a single adult wolf. 
Visitors also reported seeing pup-sized tracks, and Michigan Tech researchers collected more pup-sized scat to learn how many pups are in the second litter. For the first time since 1958, park researchers will not be able to spend time this winter observing the park's wolves due to the ongoing COVID-19 pandemic. Winter is a necessary time for aerial wolf population observations because the animals are easier to spot. Experts were supposed to continue assessments of how the new population of wolves was affecting the ecosystem. And researchers usually share transportation and a single-use cabin, which wouldn't allow for social distancing. With these safety factors in mind, the trip was canceled to reduce the team's exposure to the virus. The border closure between the United States and Canada and a shortage of flights to bring supplies also played into the decision. Despite the winter away, this project is the longest continuous predator-prey study in the world. In an entire year, Isle Royale receives fewer visitors than Yellowstone sees in just two days. Most people travel to the island aboard a commercial or park service boat, though visitors can also take a seaplane from Michigan or Minnesota. The park closes each year from November to mid-April. In fact, it's the only national park in the U.S. that completely closes in the off-season. Depending on how you get there, travel may take two to six hours. So the best way to truly experience the park is to backpack and hike along the 165 miles of trails. Visitors are often eager to see wolves, but wolves are afraid of humans and will try to avoid people. Still, there are ways to stay safe while traveling the wolf territory. Don't provide food to wolves and store away any food or garbage at your campsite. Fish remains should be disposed of in water that's at least 50 feet deep or at least 200 feet from campgrounds, water sources, and trails. If you do meet a wolf at close range and it does not leave, terminate the encounter, back away or make noise. Do not run away. If you come upon a dead moose, keep moving away from the carcass. Wolves may be present and be more aggressive to protect the food source. Let park staff know of the location. If you see a wolf that appears to be showing unusual behavior, such as lack of fear of humans, report the sighting to the park staff. A plane or boat may get you to the island, but your feet will need to carry you the rest of the way. Even if you don't spot a wolf on your trip, you may notice a set of pup-sized tracks in the mud or scat along a trail. Know that wolves are there, even if you don't see them, surviving and slowly thriving in the forests of Isle Royale. This episode of America's National Parks was hosted by me, Jason Epperson, narrated by Abigail Trebu and written by Lindsay Taylor, whose blog, The Curiosity Chronicles, can be found on the webpage for this episode. If you enjoyed the show, we'd love a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe and follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search National Park Podcast. You can also join our America's National Parks Facebook group. For more great American destinations, give us a listen at the Sea America podcast. And if you're interested in RV travel, find us at the RV Miles podcast. You can also follow Abigail and me as we travel the country with our three boys all over social media as our wandering family. Today's show was sponsored by L.L. Bean. Follow the hashtag Be an Outsider and visit LLBean.com to find great gear for exploring the national parks. Thank you.